Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. More blasted rhetoric from the Banana Republic for people who think capital punishment isn't going nearly far enough. <laughs> Dangerous mid-morning debate with the great dictator. The independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio as we continue to survey the wreckage that the Brexit party has wreaked upon the political landscape of this country. Uh, we will be totting up the score this morning. I'll be looking to see exactly what Jeremy Corbyn is up to because apparently he's on the brink of caving in and making sure that we do in fact have a second referendum in this country. Well, I'm sorry, Jeremy, if that's what your plan is and that's the only thing you can come up with, I'm afraid that you are not a Democrat, you are not a proper parliamentarian and you are not fit to Lead, what was once the great working class party of this country. And guess what? The Brexit party has now replaced you. So you might as well get rid of all your intellectual Marxist friends and try and appeal to the people who actually run the Labour Party and who used to be supportive of the Labour Party and who used to really depend upon the Labour Party to get them a fair deal in society. Jeremy Corbyn, you are, quite frankly, a disgrace. As for the Tories, they're no better, to be honest, because what we've got this morning uh, is a whole cavalcade of people lining up to try and bribe various parts of their own party to vote them into the leadership. We've got Michael Gove saying he wants to give away free citizenship to three million EU uh, members, three million EU nationals who have come to live here in this country. I don't really have a problem with that, but does it really have to be free? You know, I have to pay 100 quid every time I want to get a passport renewed. Why do they get it for nothing? I don't think that's right. We'll be talking to Alberto Costa, uh, who's in favour of it. Uh, I'll get some answers from him. He's a very good man, but his, his campaign... Uh, for running Michael Gove into Downing Street may be already flawed right at the start. Boris Johnson's keeping very quiet. We don't really know what sort of bribes he's going to offer to various members of his own party to try and get him elected. We've also got various other people like Jeremy Hunt saying a no-deal Brexit is a bad idea and I will not be going for it because it will kill off this country. We are rudderless, I tell you. We have no leadership in this country. We've got no vision in this country. We need some politicians to tell us precisely what they're going to do and then we want to watch them do it. And that seems to me to be sadly lacking. 0344 499 1000. We'd like to hear from all of you this morning because, of course, you are the voice of reason. This is uh, the voice of the people. This is the radio station where common sense is heard and applauded. It's not like any other radio station. It actually tells the truth. 0344 499 1000. If I hear anyone tell me anymore that the Remainers won the Euro elections, I'm telling you something. I may have to lose the plot altogether. You're listening to me, Mike Graham, right here on The Independent Republic. This is Talk Radio. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Now, we had a fascinating day yesterday. I don't know if you ever looked at the Twitter account of Talk Radio, but if you do, uh, you will find my conversation with Ed Davey, uh, in which I think you will be very, very wildly amused by his assertion, completely wrongly, by the way, that somehow the Remainers won the, the vote. Because, he says, the Labour Party is a Remain party. Now, in the 24 hours since that conversation and since that time has passed, it may well be that the Remainers in the Labour Party are going to win the Labour Party back. But what that will mean is they will be out of power for the rest of time because there's not enough Remainers in the Labour heartlands to actually support it. But let's talk to Alberto Costa, a good friend of the show, Conservative MP for South Leicester, uh, because uh, he thinks that giving away 
British citizenship to EU nationals is a good idea. Alberto, a very good morning to you. Welcome. Good morning, Mike. Always a pleasure to be on your excellent show. Thank you very much indeed. Well, listen, it's always a pleasure to have you on here. Now, listen, I don't want you to think that I've got any problem with inviting people here from the European Union. I think it's a great sure. thing that we have so many members of the European Union uh, and their families living here. I do have a slight problem, however, with giving them stuff for free. Because it's a bit like when you own a Skybox, you know, and you get um, a, a, a letter in the post saying, would you like to sign up to Sky? If you do, uh, we will give you it free for six months. But actually, you're already paying through the nose for it. And when you ring up and say, well, I've already got one, what can you do for me? They say, no, 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 you're an existing customer, I'm afraid. We can't help you out. That's how it feels if you start giving away free stuff to EU uh, nationals. I couldn't agree more with you, Mike. There's no proposal whatsoever to give away free passports. Good. You're quite right. If you and I have to pay for a passport, so should everyone else. Mm. No, Mike, this isn't about passports. This is about citizenship. It's a different citizenship's about rights, the right to reside, the right to have, the right to work. All these things which EU nationals currently enjoy and British nationals in the EU currently enjoy. Yeah. My proposal, which Michael Gove, another Michael, uh, has accepted and he's rightly accepted, is that leaving the EU should never have been about changing the rights of innocent people. Remember, these people didn't even have the right to vote in the EU referendum. So not at all. Nobody's proposing to give away passports. You have to pay to get a passport. That's good. But what, you are proposing to give them free kind of, you're going to waive the fee that they would normally pay over £1,000 so, to become citizens. So let's be quite clear about this. Michael Gove led the successful Vote Leave campaign. And what he said during that Vote Leave campaign is that we should leave the European Union in a smooth and orderly manner with a deal and that it would not impact on the rights of innocent people. Sadly, that's not been the case, and it's not Michael's fault. Michael did not become Prime Minister, although I supported him back in 2016. I don't think we'd be in this mess if he'd become Prime Minister. Well, except, was it, why, did he not write himself out? Again. But did he not write himself out of that by saying that he didn't think he was capable of being Prime Minister at that time? Not, not at all. I voted for Michael Gove, and I'll be voting for him again. Michael stood to be the Prime Minister when he realised that perhaps not all the other candidates were prepared to honour the vote-leave commitments. Now, look, Mike, I voted Remain, and I accept that my side lost the argument. But I accept that Michael Gove was given a mandate, a mandate by the British people to get Britain out of the UK in a smooth and orderly manner, and in a way that unifies the country. And I think that's what Michael's all about now. He wants to strengthen the UK, and he's trying to deliver Brexit before the next election, bringing the party and the country together. Now, I think you'd agree, Mike, from one Mike to another, that he's a smart, sensitive Brexiteer, and we need to find a way through that delivers on the vote-leave result. That's why I thought in 2016 he ought to become Prime Minister then. He's a, he's, there's, no, there's no question that he's a, he's a very capable uh, character. Yeah. He's a very yeah. interesting character. He's got some uh, quite strong views, some of which I agree with, some of which I don't agree with. The, well, the one thing that people always say to me, though, about Michael Gove is that he's a bit of a backstabber. And he, and he turned on Boris Johnson after having dinner with him and coming up with some idea that they were going to do a deal. Uh, and he then welched on that particular deal. So I'm not saying that's unusual in politics, but it doesn't exactly... Uh, sort of adhere me to him, if you know what I mean? Well, I think the most important thing, Mike, is that Michael Gove led and delivered victory in the Brexit referendum. And in that respect, he is a true Brexiteer. And I think that he mustn't just have the right to deliver on the mandate. I think he's got to be given the responsibility to deliver on the promises that he made to you, me, and all the listeners of this excellent show. That's why I'm supporting Michael. And he took on Corbyn and won at a time when the Conservative Party needed a unifying vo voice. He's delivered with a stinging rebuke of Jeremy Corbyn. Let's be clear, the next election is about who governs Britain. Is it going to be Michael Gove if he's chosen as a leader? Or is it going to be Jeremy Corbyn and a Marxist team? And I'm sure your listeners, Mike don't want the latter. No, I'm sure they don't. But the difficulty as well, though, is what is in it for him, for example, to, to take on your very admirable um, uh, policy of, of giving free citizenship to three million EU nationals? Because it would appear to me that that is a sop to what I would regard as the Remainers 
in the Tory party? Not at all. It's not a sop at all. He promised at the referendum that the result of the referendum to leave the European Union would not impact on the rights of EU nationals. Sadly, it did. Now, there's no point in going over past ground as to why that happened. As you know, Mike, I was very cross with Theresa May when she decided to put the rights of innocent EU nationals onto the negotiating table. And that meant, of course, the rights of innocent Brits in Spain, in Italy and Germany were equally put on the negotiating table. Michael Gove recognised that and very quickly said at the time that we should never have placed the rights of EU citizens onto the negotiating table. And all that he's promising to do in fulfilling the promises that he made and taking forward my proposal is not about giving passports for free, not at all. You have to pay for a passport. It's about absolutely guaranteeing rights in law. And I'm sure you and your listeners would be the very first to say we live in a fair country and it's only right that we guarantee the rights of innocent people. Absolutely right. And, and also, we certainly do not want to discourage people from the European Union from coming here. And we certainly don't want to uh, to give the wrong message to those who are here that they're not yes. welcome because that would be wrong. And I have to yes. say to you that I think those who gave that sort of message secretly during the run-up to the referendum were doing a, a great disservice to the people of this country because it was the Remainers who were spreading that kind of, you know, fear. The Remainers who were saying, oh, well, you know, you're not wanted here. You know, people, when we started to see these reports of hate crimes being reported and hate yeah, crime yeah. going up and people abusing Polish people and all of this. And it wasn't really happening and it was a nonsense because British people have always been very welcoming to immigration in this country. But let me ask you this question, Alberto. Is it going to be reciprocal for British people living in Europe? Well, that's the very key to this, because Spain and other member state countries have said that in the event of no deal, they will reciprocate to the same extent the rights that the British government gives to EU nationals okay. here. So I'm going to be arguing passionately and working with the British in Europe, who are the stakeholder group representing 1.3 million Brits in the EU. I'm working hard with them to make sure that countries like Spain, if we give... EU nationals, those rights that they deserve, that Spain, Italy, France and the rest do exactly the same okay. for British citizens. So does that mean that Michael Gove is very happy to go without a deal then? That's a matter you need to take up with Michael. What Michael has promised at the Vote Leave campaign is that leaving the European Union should be done in a negotiated manner. I have no doubt that if Michael Gove had become Prime Minister in 2016, we would be out of the EU right now in a smooth and orderly manner. I'm very sorry that he didn't get the full support of my colleagues. We are where we are, but there is another chance now to get him into the number 10 Downing Street and deliver on the promises that Michael made to the British people. And I think he will deliver on those promises. And what about what uh, the Foreign Secretary has to say this morning in the Daily Telegraph, basically by, uh, uh, making out that if there is any uh, no-deal situation or scenario, uh, says Jeremy Hunt, it could be extinction time for the Conservative Party? Well, look, Mike, I welcome the fact that we've got a great deal of talent in the Conservative Party. I think having 10 or more candidates is a good thing. Let's hear them. Let's hear about their policies. Let's hear about their views. But let me be very clear. Michael won the Vote Leave campaign. He won the EU referendum. He made promises. He made pledges. It's only right that he gets a chance to deliver on the pledges he made to the British public. Don't you agree? Yes, I think so. However, my worry is that we're now going to see a kind of cavalcade of offers of what I would call bribes, not in a bad sense, in a corrupt sense, but, you know, uh, cajolments, shall we say, things that will uh, be offered in front of people, waved in front of their eyes, to try and convince them, not that the candidate is the best candidate, but that this candidate will be the best candidate for you. Well, I hope candidates don't offer bribes. That would be, one, unlawful, and two... Yeah, but you know what I mean. I don't mean, actual, I don't mean actual bribes in terms of yeah. money. What I mean is, you know, um, uh, you know, reasons to vote for them, reasons to, to kind of suck them into their world. I think it's right that candidates set out their stall. I think it's right that candidates explain why they're different from Michael. Uh, Michael has set out his stall. He set it out three years ago, very clearly. I think your listeners would agree that Michael's stall was the one that would have been best for the country. He won the argument. He's got every right to deliver on the promises that he made. As for the other candidates, well, let's just wait and see what they say. But I've, I've come to the conclusion, I came to that conclusion not now, not last week, 
I came to this conclusion in 2016. I backed Michael then. I'll be backing him again. OK. And finally, Alberto, it can't be a very pleasant time to be a Tory MP uh, or indeed a Labour MP, uh, but what's it actually like when you're going into your constituency office, when you're walking into the House of Commons, when you are kind of, you know, hanging out in the, in the House of Commons tea room? I mean, is it all doom and gloom? What are people saying? Not at all. It's an enormous honour to be elected as a Member of Parliament. It's a transient job. The people have got the right to kick you out as quickly as they put you in. And as with any job in life, including your own, Mike, I'm sure you've got incredibly stressful days with the great work Every day is stressful for me. But you know, when Every you walk day. out of that studio and you've got that fresh breeze of air uh, brushing against your cheeks, I'm sure you just think, well, that was a stressful day, but boy, do I enjoy the job. And I say much the same. I'm very lucky to be in this position. I'm very lucky to be able to make proposals. But don't just safeguard the rights of people, but enhance the quality of all our lives. Ultimately, that's what politics is at, uh, about. It's about making society better. That's why I'm backing Michael Gold, because I believe you'll do that. Alberto, pleasure as ever to talk to you. Thank you very much indeed. Alberto Costa, the Conservative MP for South Leicester, very much nailing his colours to the mast, the Michael Gove mast. Uh, Michael Gove would like to say uh, that he wants EU nationals and EU citizens to be able to stay in this country. Uh, once they've been here for five years, they can apply for UK citizenship. I have no problem with that, but he's waiving the fee. He's giving it to them for nothing. Alberto says they're not going to get a free passport, which pleases me because I don't think that would be right at all because you know how expensive those things are. But I'm wondering... Should we be offering this if it is not going to be reciprocated in other countries? Alberto says it already will be if there is no deal. So if it's going to be OK for Brits to live in Europe under no deal and it's going to be OK for Europeans to live in Britain, why do we need a deal in the first place? That would be my question. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Well, let us first say a very warm welcome to the Independent Republic to Dr David Bull, Brexit Party MEP for the North West. And very big congratulations to you, David. Well, good morning, Mike. Thank you very much indeed. What an exciting time to be alive. I said yesterday, I called it <laughs> Brexit Day, right? Not because I was particularly pro-Brexit at the time when the referendum was held, but I, I, I damn well am now, uh, if you'll pardon my French, because <laughs> I can't stand these Ramonas, these Remainers, these people who tell me I don't know what I'm doing, these people who tell me it's all going to be a disaster, and who now tell me that I can't count. Yeah, well, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, it was absolutely an extraordinary night. In fact, I'm just looking at the map now, and the map has gone completely turquoise. You know, clearly, as you said, I thought your introduction was fantastic. You know, we did trounce the other parties. Yeah. You know, we won outright. We won every region in England except London. We won Wales. We got a seat in Scotland. Um, and really, we have made history. And as you say, we are now a very significant force in the EU Parliament. And the extraordinary thing is that both Tories and Labour had a shocking evening. Mm. Um, and in fact, the Tories were almost wiped out by the results. Well, and one of the things that, you know, and I would agree with you, is that it does seem extraordinary that when, um, you know, obviously the other parties are looking at their results, they think the way that they can justify their dismal behaviour is by adding all the votes together and somehow that is better than ours. Well, it's, you know, and obviously that's simply isn't the case. Um, so we're delighted with the result. And obviously, we're very, uh, you know, honoured and humbled to have had the votes from the people. And I think what this shows is, is the palpable uh, sense of anger across the country. And what I was saying yesterday as well, David, was that this to me is not only an incredible sort of quick movement that you've started up, despite whatever they may say that, oh, they've just taken on the mantle of UKIP, which again, personally, I think is absolute rubbish. You've started from a standing start. You've got all of this support. And what I think you've also done is you've driven a kind of coach and horses through the two-party system in this country, which for a long time people have been dissatisfied with. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, when I was campaigning in the Northwest, what really struck me was that actually what we'd done was it had united people across the political spectrum. And so it didn't really matter whether you saw yourself really as a former Conservative or a Labour Party member. This was about democracy. And so people came together saying, hang on a minute, you asked us a question in 2016. We gave you a very straightforward answer and you're not listening. And time and time again, I heard from people saying, thank you so much for standing up for us. You know, we now believe that there are people fighting for us because we were giving up. You know, what is the point of voting if Westminster doesn't listen? 
Now, one of the things that Nigel Farage said when he was asked about uh, a manifesto before the election, he said, no, we'll, pro we'll produce a manifesto after the election, for which he was roundly criticised. But to be honest, you know, better to have no manifesto than one that you completely ignore, to be honest. But uh, is there one underway? Will we see one soon? Yeah, absolutely. So in terms of this election, it was very clear we, we were centering around this whole premise of democracy. And that was very clear. And we set out our stall. In fact, when you look at those results, by the way, I think the only party you can look at in terms of that binary choice is the Lib Dems, because they also set out a very clear, clear stall saying they were the party of Remain. I think you can pretty much discount the others because we don't quite know what they stand for. Right. In terms of policy, yes, we're now putting together a you know, policy document on every single area, which is going to be very exciting. And the whole point is we want to change politics for good. This is about re-engaging with people on the ground saying, OK, this we're starting with a clean slate. We're not going to do it in the same way that other political parties are doing it. And then we will roll out these policies. And so the Brexit Party is very much here to stay. Obviously, we've got Peterborough, which is on the 6th of June. Um, and we are determined to fight that and do very well mm. in that and hopefully win it. And then obviously, you know, if if the parties do not deliver a clean break Brexit by the 31st of October, we will fight the general election and we will put candidates in all of those 650 seats. And if it's projected as it has been by some uh, clever people, uh, you would do rather well at a general election. I know that there are some pollsters who say, oh, well, it doesn't always carry over. I think this is a very unusual case. It's not like UKIP. You know, you are a much more sensible organisation than UKIP ever were. You know, they always had a sort of nutty sideline going on. Whereas, you know, looking at your candidates and the people that have won seats, you know, you're quite a, an impressive collection of people, if you'll pardon me saying so. Well, that, that's very kind of you. I think the extraordinary thing, and it's been wonderful to spend time with all of my fellow candidates and now MEPs, because actually we all come from very different walks of life. We've all had real life experience. And I think that counts for a great deal. Yeah. Um, we're all very, very passionate about what we're doing. Um, and it's just so great to be able to articulate the views of the people. Do you think there's room for a kind of compromise solution, if you like? Because we are uh, in a situation which we keep being told we are in, and I think this is probably right, that maybe 35% of people are happy for a no-deal Brexit, 35% people want to remain. You know, it's the people in the middle that are going to kind of have to be swung in one direction or another. Do you think there's room for something which is not quite what Theresa May wanted, which was a completely hopeless kind of surrender document, if you like, but some kind of um, deal... Which, which, which could look as though it was on the way to getting out of the EU rather than just immediately getting out? Well, if you look back at the original referendum, you know, people keep saying, well, people didn't know what they were voting for. Yeah. Well, they did, because yeah. we sent, you know, the government sent leaflets to every household of the, in the country. And it was very clear we were leaving the EU, we were leaving the customs union, and we were leaving the single market. Mm. And, of course, the politicians have said, well, no one really knew what they were voting for. And people have called for a second referendum, I think the other night was the second referendum. And when you look back at those results, it is very clear. You know, we stood on a manifesto of saying we want a clean break Brexit. And that is very clear. And that is what people have voted for. In terms of what we do from here, we are calling for the Brexit MEPs to play a very significant role in terms of negotiating a deal as we leave. I think we should always be open to talking about a deal. But I think, you know, you that you cannot take the, the clean break Brexit, WTO Brexit, off the table. You know, I've done tons of business deals. You don't give away your best card. No, quite. And I asked this question to Martin Daubney yesterday, uh, David, so I'm going to ask it to you. At what point did you decide, because clearly you've obviously been, uh, you know, you've been in business, you've, you've been in the media, you've had a, a, a reasonably varied career. At what point did you decide, <laughs> I quite fancy being an MEP, I feel strongly enough about it to run? Well, I, well, it wasn't that at all. It was the fact that I spent three years on television talking about Brexit and the fact that, you know, democracy was being eroded mm. and people weren't being listened to. And I just thought, I cannot sit back and watch this nonsense anymore and I have to do something about it. And I think sometimes you have to put your head above the parapet. <laughs> and, and I did get shot out for doing it. But, you know, I, I've never in my life felt so passionate about anything. And in many ways, I have had a very career, but... Everything has led up to this point, and it is the most extraordinary thing. I have never 
been so passionate about anything in my life. Mm. And we are fighting for a free, independent, self-governing country. And I can't think of anything more important. No, and it's going to be a fascinating few weeks and months, isn't it? Because you really have set the cat amongst the pigeons. I mean, if, if, if Parliament didn't know what they were doing before last Thursday, they now really don't have a clue. And they're basically <laughs> grasping at all sorts of straws. You know, as I was saying, we've got Michael Gove saying he's going to offer uh, 3 million European citizens, you know, British citizenship for free. All very well and fine and good, but I, I don't really fancy government policy working like that, really. I don't really want somebody who's trying to get into number 10, trying to appease members of his own party who would like to stay in the European Union with bribes about what we're going to tell the people from Europe. Yeah, and I think this is what has come across time and time again. There is no leadership at mm. all in this country. We need a very clear vision about what we're going to do. And I think the Brexit Party has that vision and we have the mandate from the people. And you're right, you know, I think it, this goes back to actually having the wealth of uh, knowledge from different sectors, you know, people who've actually had real jobs getting involved in politics, not career politicians who've actually studied PPE and done nothing but had a political career. Yeah. Exactly right. And I mean, don't talk to me about Rory Stewart, who was yesterday walking about with his phone uh, saying on Twitter live, come and talk to me. I'm in Borough Market. Uh, come and talk to me. I'm in Barking High Street. I thought, yeah, Barking is about right for you. I mean, what's <laughs> going I mean, these are people who wish to be the prime minister of this great nation. I mean, really? Well, they're scrambling around, aren't they? They simply don't know what to do. I mean, Labour still doesn't know quite what its position is on this. Um, and, you know, it is very sad. You know, we're meant to be the mother of all democracies, yeah. you know. Democracies around the world are based on ours. Right now, we are a massive laughingstock. I've had many friends in the United States just saying, what on earth is going on in your country? You know, they've always looked to us as being in this sort of bastion of democracy, and we're not. Mm. And, it, and it's got to stop. And I think we have to set an example. And if you, if you give the people the opportunity to answer a question and you get an answer, you must follow it through. One of the many co-leaders of the Green Party yesterday, uh, who I don't normally listen to very much, but they actually did quite well too, uh, for completely different reasons. I don't believe it was anything to do with Remain or, uh, or Brexit. Uh, they said that the Brexit Party MEP should not really go to Brussels because at the end of the day, uh, they're only going there to destroy it. So they should not take their pay, they should not take their allowances and they should not take up their seats. What do you say to that? Well, I mean, ideally, we want to leave by the October the 31st. But I think the whole point about this is we need to go because we want to be involved in the negotiations because we need a very good deal for Britain. Now, it may be that that is possible. It may be that we go to a clean break Brexit. I mean, in many ways, the irony of this campaign is that all of us have resigned our jobs to do something that the ultimate aim is to get rid of a job that you've just fought for. Right. So... That shows, I think, the passion and drive and commitment of all the MEPs that we were prepared to do it because it is so important to the future of this country. And do you foresee at some point in the future, maybe not the immediate future, but the two-party system being so eroded that you end up with a kind of pro and anti-European uh, anti union uh, aspect where you get maybe some parts of the Tory party moving towards you, your party, some parts of Labour moving towards the Lib Dems? I mean, could that happen? Well, I think it's more exciting than that. I think we hopefully are going to see the end of this tribal politics because actually when I've been out on the street, there's so much more that unites people than divides them. Mm. And so, you know, maybe this is wishful thinking, but I hope this is the beginning of something very, very exciting. I never thought I would share a stage with people like Claire Fox, for example, who shares very different political views in many ways. But at the same time, we're united around a common purpose. And the whole point now going forward is I think we need to capitalise on that and say to people, look, we listen, we completely understand where you're coming from, and we're going to do things differently. And we keep saying this, it's about changing politics for good. And if it does come down to a few arguments about the manifesto, because there's bound to be a few, there's bound to be things that maybe you want in there that she doesn't, for example, what, how, how do you get around that? Well, we, yeah, we'll be very clear about this. What we're going to do is actually call our expertise. You know, obviously, I've got expertise in medicine and in television, and so I will be able to bring that to the table. You know, other people right. around the table will have expertise in other areas. And that's what I think is very, very exciting. And we want a consensus uh, from the MEPs, but also from the electorate, because, you know, ultimately, it shouldn't be dictatorial about what sort of country we're trying to build. You know, this is about, and I do, I keep saying this, and I really passionately believe it. It is no longer about introspective European-centric Britain. This is about a global Britain, and it's about a great Britain. 
you know, we are a big player on the world stage. We need to regain our confidence and go out there and just be really proud of what we can do. Mm. And just in terms of my expertise, you know, people keep saying to me, well, you know, are you worried about supply of drugs? Well, no, because actually we already trade with Europe. It's in their interest and our interest to do a deal. If you look at the major pharmaceutical companies, the big players all have footprints here. And if you look at the manufacturer of medicines, India now makes a third of the world's medicines, generic medicines. By 2050, they will make half of the world's medicines. So who would you rather trade with? You know, where's that balance of trade? And quite frankly, if the EU does play hardball and say, OK, we're not going to trade with you, we're going to put up tariffs and barriers, then we will trade with other countries. Yeah. You know, we will trade with Israel, we'll trade with Switzerland and that very small country, the United States. Well, exactly. I've always said that was a total shibboleth, all of that nonsense about, you know, no drugs coming in, you won't be able to get avocados anymore. It's absolutely cr crazy well, well, not stuff. Well, not only is it nonsense, it's dangerous. Yes. And that's what I've been really angry about. You know, there are people out there who have life-threatening conditions who are very worried. And this is Project Fear Mark Three. And it is not acceptable to play with people's health, to scare people into voting for them. And I'm, I'm delighted, actually, I think the public saw through that. Yes, I think they did. And my other question I always used to put to uh, Remainers, and I will continue to do, uh, is, you know, it's all very well saying, what does it mean to leave? How about what does it mean to stay? Because I think the EU uh, is an ex ever-expansive organisation. It's never satisfied with where it is. It's always moving on. It's always trying to acquire new countries. It's always trying to, you know, move into a more federalist kind of way of running things and I think it would be ridiculous to assume that if we did remain in it that it would stay exactly as it is today. Well it wouldn't at all and it's now very clear I mean if you remember when we joined it was all about trade and of course we've now shifted as you rightly say into this federal Europe what mm. they want to do is to get rid of all the um, national democracies they want a centrist federal EU with a single currency and make no mistake we will be made to have the euro and they want a European army. They've gone very quiet on that. Yeah. But, you know, actually, I think we're going to be safer with Five Eyes, with NATO. You know, again, this is about a global Britain. And I think if you believe in a federal Europe where you have absolutely no control over your laws, borders and money and you want it run by Brussels, then fine. But that's not the country I want to live in. Quite right, too. Dr David Bull, congratulations once more. We should look forward to talking to you when you're in Brussels and look forward to what you're able to do there. Uh, Dr David Bull, Brexit Party MEP, uh, recently elected just on Sunday night uh, for the North West. Very exciting times, aren't they? We'll take some calls coming up next. 0344 499 1000. This is Talk Radio. 
This is the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. You know what to do. 0344 499 1000. Alistair Campbell uh, has been expelled uh, and kicked out of the Labour Party. He's uh, tweeted this. I'm sad and disappointed to receive an email expelling me from Labour, particularly on a day leadership finally seems to be moving to the right place on Brexit. Not least thanks to tactical voting by party members, including MPs, councillors and peers who back the people's vote. Uh, well, in, like him, in fact, because he came out, uh, of course, and said, basically, uh, that... Uh, you know, he was not going to vote for the Labour Party because he did not believe that they had a proper stance on Europe. Uh, he voted Lib Dem because they're the only party, and I said this yesterday, that has consistently backed remaining in the European Union. Uh, we're going to talk to uh, Alan Pacey very shortly, Professor uh, of Andrology at the University of Sheffield. Before we do that, though, let's talk to Martin, uh, who's called in as well. Martin, a very good morning to you. Oh, good afternoon, I should say. Good morning to you. Good morning to you, uh, uh, Mike. Uh, Mike, I'm so, uh, uh, when I heard the news that, that Campbell was expelled, yes. I could feel tears welling up. It's the best news I've heard <laughs> in ages. Really? So you're not a fan, news. then? Yes. Well, because, think of it, all they have done since Corbyn was elected was the stabbing in the back, stabbing in the sides, stabbing in the head and the feet. And Corbyn was just letting them get away with it. All that is, is appeasement. You just let people feel, well, if we keep doing it, you will fall. Well, you know that's... I mean? So, so, are you, so you're, you're a fan of the, of the Corbyn uh, movement, as it were, in Labour, and you want Corbyn to stay? I definitely want him to stay, despite the heartache. Despite the heartache. I hope he's listening. Come down from the misty mountains. <laughs> Come down and be present. When he's present, he does a sort of half-present, half-absent mumble, yeah. mumble, mumble. He needs to be What's less. I think he, he needs to be less distant, right? He needs to. He needs to give more of himself. Would be my suggestion. And if he is the guy that everybody says he is, uh, then he should show more of that, and people might like him better, and, right? Well, precisely, precisely. He 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 mumbles. Now, when people hear him at at um, out in the field somewhere. He, he, he is brilliant when, when, when the media puts on a little clip. But even Prime Minister's questions, like last time, I'm an odd ball, so I, I listen to, to Prime Minister's questions regularly. Good, even me too. When he was making, he was making a good uh, little uh, intervention at last Prime Minister's questions. Then uh, the speaker interrupted. And when he came back, instead of reiterating, was saying something like, they don't want to hear it, Mr. Speaker. They don't want to hear it. Well, they will hear it again. Instead of doing that, he just went on to a completely different yes. sort of point in a very low energy mm. sort of way. It wouldn't do. He needs to come down from the mountain, come out of the fog, make himself fully present, be either fully present or absent. Okay. Don't do in between. Martin, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great sentiment from you. Thank you so much. It's a great call. What a passionate man. I like a man who's passionate about politics because that's what we are here at the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. But not just politics, of course. We talk about a great many other things. We're going to talk now uh, to Alan Pacey. Alan Pacey's Professor of uh, Andrology, as I said, at the University of Sheffield. Alan, very good afternoon to you. Good afternoon. Uh, now, this is a paragraph that I never thought I would ever say on the radio, but I quite like it. Scientists have uncovered an evolutionary paradox where men are damaging their ability to have children during efforts to make themselves look more attractive. <laughs> it's, a, it's a strange one, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, I can tell you the story how it came about. Uh, there was there was an American uh, journal that published a report for doctors on the negative effects of taking anabolic steroids, yes. of which there are many. Mm. And the one they missed out was the one that's closest to my heart, which is the fact that it stops men producing sperm. Right. Do you see, that's so, always something that I... It was, if you'd said to me, what is the most damaging thing that can happen to you if you take steroids? That was always the one that I knew from, from, well, from sort you, of memory. That's, that's good that you do, but I spent uh, 25 years seeing men in, in clinics and talking to them about their sperm. Yeah. And I tell you, two or three times a week, you would, you would encounter somebody who was taking steroids and the shock on their face really? when you tell them that this was the, the probable cause of mm. their infertility right. and the shock on their partner's face as well. 
Um, so it's it's an important message, I think, to get out and to reiterate again. I've had a sure. bit of stick for saying it, I have to say. Why? And I do acknowledge that there are many reasons men go to gyms. Right. And it's not all about making yourself look pretty for women. You might be gay. Yeah. But for those men who want to further their genes and have a baby, they should be very careful about taking steroids. And, as the journal said uh, when we published our paper, taking anti-baldness medication as well. Right. Yeah, just go bald and let yourself go. You'll, they'll, you'll, you'll, you'll find a woman somewhere. I mean, you know, they say there's somebody out there for everyone. <laughs> well, they do. But letting yourself go is probably too far yes. in the other direction. I prob- yes, so, I'm probably probably quite slightly. Keep, yeah, but I've been around. Fit. Listen, I've been keep around a long time, Alan. It's not a problem for me. Listen, keep hit- yourself fit. Keep yourself trim, mm. but do it through blood, sweat and tears, not through chemical I mean, I'm, we were talking earlier in the show about the new um, uh, series of Love Island, which is getting underway, I think, next week. And there's pictures in all the papers today of the new lineup, And there are all these very beautiful people uh, who yeah. have got flat stomachs, six-packs, all of that. No, of course not, because people are looking at these pictures and going, blimey, I wish I looked like that. And Indeed. here's how I'm going to get looking like Do you Indeed. get the sense that more men are taking steroids and, and, and sort of vitamins and, you know, I noticed these big, you know, those big jars that you see people carrying around yeah. and all sorts of powders. Are more men doing that because uh, they want uh, to look better? Anecdotally, I think they are. Yeah. Um, it's becoming more and more of an issue within my colleagues in fertility clinics up and down the land. Right. Um, there was a paper from, it's very difficult to get accurate statistics on anabolic steroid use because, of course, it's illegal. Yeah. But where the, the study that was done, which was in Scandinavia, suggested that up to 6% of men had, had taken steroids or were taking steroids. And I think that's a much higher figure than I'd ever appreciate. Yes, of course. I and mean, I suppose on the plus side, not that I'm being flippant about this, we do have a large population in this country and we, we don't want to grow it too much. <laughs> you could, or you know, but but we're having fewer children anyway, so I don't think. Well, it doesn't uh, feel like that. If you walk down the street lately, I mean, I can't move for groups of children in London going to various museums, and you can't get on the tube. There's no room for anybody. In order to replace the population, uh, every person needs to have with their partner 2.2 children. We've not been doing that yeah. since the. Yeah. Well, early I've 70s. done. I've done my part. I've produced four. Wonderful. Thank you very much. Feel free to congratulate me. Listen, uh, great to talk to you, Alan. Alan Pacey, uh, Professor of Andrology at the University of Sheffield, uh, saying don't take steroids if you want to have children because it can make you infertile. I thought everybody knew that. I thought that if you were taking steroids, you knew that that was the risk that you were running. If you didn't, you're even more stupid than I think you are. Dangerous mid-morning debate with the great dictator. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Advertising imaginative ways Start your free trial today Come on in the waters Lovely look You could meet someone you like Join the media strike It is that easy This is the Independent Republic of Mike Graham uh, Spin your way out of that one, sunshine uh, Is a tweet from Leo uh, About Alistair Campbell He's not getting an awful lot of love on Twitter uh, I'd have to say uh, Which is hardly surprising He's just been expelled by the Labour Party uh, Kicked out, uh, indeed, for voting Lib Dem, same as Hesseltine was, of course, kicked out of the Tory party for doing exactly the same thing and voting for Lib Dems as well. Uh, we were going to talk about the Spice Girls and how uh, a lot of people are very disappointed with the noises that they're making. Uh, apparently, the Principality Stadium concert in Wales on Monday night uh, resulted in lots of people uh, saying that they had recurring sound issues. Uh, I'm trying to find a tweet I got earlier, which was rather good, uh, which said the problem with the Spice Girls sound uh, is that they switched it on. It's a bit unfair, really, because uh, a lot of people have paid a lot of money uh, to see them. And if you go to a show where you can't actually hear the band, uh, that's not going to be very helpful to anyone at all, uh, especially if you paid very good money for it. But let's go back to the phones now. Richard uh, is in Manchester. Hi, Richard. Hello, Mike. Good morning. Thanks yeah. for taking my call. I not do at all. appreciate it. Not at all. What may would you like to say? May I also say I thank you and your radio stations and several other stations that listen to people you have given us a voice that we never, ever had before, Mike, and I'm truly, truly grateful that you do give us some time. I want to talk about the Campbell thing. I want to talk about Lord Adonis and, and Blair and the influence that they have against the people and democracy. I am absolutely astounded at some of the things that they say. And then they follow it up by saying, I am a Democrat. Mike, in my opinion now, over the last two or three years, democracy has died in this country. I don't know how we're going to get it back. 
I really don't know how we're going to get it back. But it's not helpful for these people to accuse other parties of, of taking rubles. And also, oh, uh, this thing, the Brexit party this morning broke. Um, oh, they, they didn't win on uh, whenever it was. Uh, you know, put them all together. It's all nonsense. And it's all loaded to people probably who don't understand uh, politics. Politics has become a very, very dirty game in this country. Mrs. May has disappointed everybody with what she has done and telling so many lies. And it's true. They are lies. I'm, I believe in this. And, and Brexit means Brexit. And I'm going to do this for my people. And then lo and behold, this morning, we've got all these new people who supposedly are going to take over from her. And it's all anti-democratic. They, they want us to stay in the union, and other people won't let them. Mike, please tell me what we're going to do to try and persuade them. Well, I think we're going to have to watch them very carefully, and I think the good thing about the processes that we've been going through for the last two years or so, uh, and the watching eye that, that, that we keep here at Talk Radio and other places, is that we can see what they're doing, they know that we're watching them, and they now are yep. going to have to be much more careful about how they proceed, because as we saw in the European elections, the people have had enough, and they're voting for something uh, which perhaps is a bit of a step into the unknown, but they're not voting for the status quo. They're not voting for the people that they don't trust. I, I watched um, Adonis after after um, he, he didn't win uh, the MEP, yeah. and I was watching for him to come on, but he, he did not come on, and uh, other people were... Obviously, he'd lost, so he feels a bit bitter. But what he was talking about on your sister programme this morning was, one... They didn't win the vote. We, we won the vote. Yeah. Now we must go on. And it was all the same rubbish that I told you my brother had a parrot and he kept parroting and my brother <laughs> was saying, oh, the parrot was saying, bloody hell, not him again. Right. And it, it, it just keeps going on and on and on. What is wrong with these people? I we know. don't want that. We, we, we want honesty. We want like Ferrari and yourself and other people. Give the people a vote. But these people have got to stand up now and say, listen, we've upset so many people in this country. We'd better just be careful. Whether yeah. you can do that with a, a mouth like Campbell, I don't know. But well, I'm do you know what? Do you know what I'm, I'm part of me hopes will happen is that they go for the second referendum and they make a big song and dance about it uh, and then leave wins that again. Yeah. Oh, Mike, how funny I'll would that be? I send you the biggest bottle of champagne you've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Happens, they should, they should put you in the bloody parliament, excuse me, swearing. Don't worry. People like yes. Ferrari, quite, people who tell the truth. I know. It's quite right. Richard, what a great vote of confidence uh, coming up towards the end of the show. Brilliant stuff. Thank you so much. A lot of passion today going on because people are sick to the back teeth. And if Michael Gove wants to start going on about how he's going to bribe a load of EU citizens to come and stay here uh, and give them British citizenship in order for him to get into Downing Street just because he wants to look like the nice guy and just because he wants to help those on the uh, sort of left of centre Tory party benches. Well, I'm sorry, that is not the way to run a country, is it? Let's talk to Susan in Exeter, who I'm sure has got a better idea. Hello, Susan. Good afternoon, Michael. Good afternoon to you. How are you? Lovely little bit of sunshine for us all, isn't it, now? Well, do you know, it was a little chilly when I came out of the house this morning, so I'm not sure. Mm. I'm looking out my new office window, um, and yes. it's quite a striking view of the City of London, I have to I tell know, you. I know, you mentioned it. Well, is, is the sun shining? Uh, it doesn't seem to be, no. It looks a bit grim, to be honest. Oh, it'll soon come out. What are the toilets like? Have you been to what? the toilets yet? Yeah, they're the very toilet. good. Everything's automatic. Oh, they're all swish, are they? Very swish, yeah. OK. Why do you now, want to know about the toilets? Well, they're important, aren't they? Well, I mean, there are, there are more important parts of the, of the radio station than the toilets, to be honest. Can we move on to something else? Right. Um, I agree with Richard, the gentleman just phoned. Yes. Who just phoned. Um, you know, the country was has been plunged into disarray and people just didn't want to even vote anymore because of the yeah. mess Theresa made. Right. And that's why I think they gravitated in the middle because they, did, they lost faith in the Conservatives and the Labour's and they went in the middle or elsewhere. Yeah. <laughs> and this is all her fault, what she's done. Well, she has and destroyed this, the Tory party from within, like some kind did, of secret mould. She has, and she's destroyed people's faith yeah. in politics. Some people are saying they don't even want to vote again. I know, but I'm hoping you know. that's not going to happen because that's never the answer. The answer well, is not not to no. vote. Well, it's just something that's happened. But, yes. Um, Did you cast a vote was... on Thursday? No. Why not? I'll never vote again. Why I'm not? not interested well, in that's, it. See, no that's no good. You can't be like that. You've got to get back on the horse. 
I've never look. I don't want to talk about it because it's depressing. And it All makes right. me angry. Okay. It's, it's a hot. It's a very depressing issue. It's got more depressing since she took the reins and and made a mess of it. Well, don't but worry. She's leaving it, soon. Yeah, but it's all right. She's done a load of damage before she's left, hasn't she? And somebody's got to sort it all out. Yes, you're quite right. right. Have you got um, an answer the for it? The an no. The anabolic, the anabolic steroids that men take, I know that they've been taking this stuff to pump their six-packs pack, up. Right. I didn't know it caused sterility. Did you not? You did. No. I knew that from way back. It was the first thing I was told about steroids. Really? Yeah. What, did you try and pump your six-pack up? I didn't it? need to. Oh. Thanks for asking. Let's go to uh, Vernon in Worcester. Hello, Vernon. Michael. How I'm are back. you? How are you, sir? <laughs> I'm as happy as I was this morning. Mike, <laughs> I've just got to tell you, I just don't understand these politicians, particularly the Tories. They just don't get it. They just think that they can speak the same old rubbish day in, day out, and they're going to get... You know, we're going to be, remain part of the EU. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. Us Brexiteers are not going to allow it to happen. Well, I think they're beginning they to get. I think they're beginning. Like, they think they're beginning to get that idea after Sunday night, aren't they? I don't think they are, Mark. I don't think they are. I mean, you listen to David Gork, who was on talking about Rory Stewart. Could you imagine? There's not a worse possible person, or maybe Michael Gove. I mean, yeah. Two of them. They're like. Pinky and Perky. Well, I think they the only like the you. only person that would be in any way entertaining and, and, and probably worth getting in there would be Boris Johnson. You might not like everything he does, but at least he's a character. Yeah, well, Boris is the only person. I mean, I'm a lifelong Tory who's now moved across very reluctantly to the Brexit party Yeah. because I believe they're the only people that will get the message across. And they've done very well so far. I mean, what about what about that for a debut outing? Yeah, but they didn't win, Mike, did they? Do you remember these no. guys have come on and told you <laughs> if you add up A, B, C, D, E and F, then actually you realise. I mean, do they do they honestly think that we are that well, stupid? I mean, as, uh, as old uh, Alistair Campbell has been pointed out to me on Twitter, as Alistair Campbell was telling everybody yesterday, uh, you know, if you add Labour in because they're a Remain party... Uh, then they've all, you know, the Remainers have won. It now turns out that uh, because he voted to remain and stay with the Lib Dems, the Labour Party have kicked him out. So presumably that means they're not a Remain Party. <laughs> well, who, who knows what the Labour Party are? I mean, they just, I think the right hand doesn't know what the left hand's doing. I mean, politics has never been in such a sour state. I know. I mean, if you look at the worst Tory government in of all time and Labour is still struggling to get elected... I know. Beggar's belief, isn't it? It's pathetic, Michael. It's, it's extraordinary. Belief. Thank goodness, though. Anyway, I was saying this to somebody. I was, I was saying this to somebody the other day. The thing that depresses me the most about all of this is that people are looking to politicians as if they're the sort of saviors of the world. They never have been in my world. You know, they've never been the people no. uh, that made me uh, either happy or sad. They've never been the people that have told me how I should live my life. I have always looked at politicians as people who are public servants who do what I want them to do. I do not look to them in any way uh, to, to lead me into the promised land, you know? And that's the worry that I've got. A lot of these yeah. Remainers in particular seem to think that, you know, we've hitched our wagon to this politician because we love them and we trust them and we want them to show us the way. Well, I don't. You're absolutely bang on, Mike. Mm. 50 you're not in government. So I know. We'd have a well, that's why. Easier route. I know, it's true. Maybe you'll, be the, maybe you'll be the next Brexit politician, eh? What about that, Mike? Yeah, maybe I'll do a, Dave, maybe I'll do a, maybe I'll do a Dr David Bull and uh, go over to the dark side. We shall see. Vernon, thank you. Good to talk to you, as ever. Uh, that's it for us for another day. We'll be back, of course, at 10am tomorrow. Uh, the Independent Republic of Mike Graham continues to grow. Uh, thanks to you guys out there listening uh, and calling uh, and thanks to all of you who tweeted in. Uh, I'm sorry if I didn't read all the tweets out. We get so many now. Uh, I have to be a little bit parsimonious with them, I'm afraid. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. If you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday on Talk Radio via DAB, online or via the Talk Radio app. If you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio.